Hi folks, this is Mary Claire Erdenast. Welcome to Play for Keeps podcast. We are recording new plays as podcasts in Ashland, Oregon, as a part of the Ashland New Plays Festival. Today we're listening to a conversation between Karim Fami and Victor Lesniewski. Karim Fami is a Canadian-born director and playwright who focuses on new play development. He was the 2019 Phil Killian Directing Fellow at the Oregon Shakespeare Festival, working with Bill Rausch on Mother Road by Octavio Solis. Victor Lesniewski was an Ashland New Plays Festival winner in 2018 for Cold Spring. His other works include Tentative City, which was part of the Roundabouts Space Jam at Wyoming Theatre Festival, where Bison Run, which was part of the Ars Nova Out Loud reading series and had a New York Times profile, and Cloven Tongues, which had its world premiere at the Wild Project in New York City. Before we get started, I want to remind everyone to join us in Ashland, Oregon, October 16th through the 20th for readings of Starter Pistol by Michael Gotch, Pelicans by David Johnston, The Night Climber by Joshua Rubel, and an honorable mention of the 2019 Kilroy's List, The Way North by Tira Palmquist. As a reminder to all playwrights, Ashland New Plays Festival is now accepting play submissions for the 2020 Fall Festival. Go to ashlandnewplaysfestival.org to find out more. Please enjoy listening to Karim Fami and Victor Lesniewski. Hey, Karim, how are you? Hey, Vic. What's going on? <laughs> um... We are doing a podcast, it sounds like. <laughs> we are. This is this is a first for us. It's a first. We've known each other for a really long time, but this is an official first. We don't have that many firsts. Left. I know. It's true. <laughs> first podcast. There'll never be another one of these. Technology, um, technology. Um, and, and we're on opposite coasts now, so it's like... I know. Well, you were you were... On this coast for a while, you were in you were in Ashland more recently than me. Um, but then and, you were there as well, which was very cool. Yeah, and since this is you know um, related to play for keeps, what we're doing here, this conversation, I thought maybe you'd want to start by talking a little bit about your experience um, recently in Ashland. Yeah, yeah, I was at OSF. Uh, for five months, um, every year, I guess for maybe almost 30 years now, I think is as long as the program has, has existed. There's a fellowship, um, at the Oregon Shakespeare Festival, which is called the Phil Killian Fellowship and, um, named after a, a departed former company member who's a, you know, an actor and a director and a real beloved man around Ashland and around OSF. Um, and so every year they invite a director, I like to say late early career, which is what I think of myself. Um, so they'll invite a director, uh, like myself, uh, to the festival for five months to be the fellow um, and so as a result, I got to spend time working on a show called Mother Road, um, which is currently playing at OSF, written by Octavia Solis and directed by Bill Rausch. And it's Bill's last world premiere at OSF uh, before he departs. This is his last season. Um, so it was really an amazing opportunity just to sort of get to see, 
you know, this big world premiere come together to be really kind of intimately involved in that new play process, which we can talk more about considering that we have developed many new plays together. Um, and also just to see, you know, the, the theater at this time of transition, um, the new artistic director, Nataki Garrett was appointed while I was there. And, you know, I saw her there on her first day and in her first week. So it was a, a pretty tremendous experience and just sort of seeing the artistic culture of, of Ashland with, you know, with Ashland New Place Festival, with uh, OSF, with the film festival. There's just so much going on there. It was a it was really, you know, a very different experience from my life here. I live in New York, so uh, it was just a great change of pace. And for those um, who maybe are uninitiated into the lingo of the quote-unquote emerging theater artist. Do you want to speak a little about late early career and what that means? Yeah, it's not a real thing. I made it up, but I mean, I use it. it. Now it's It's on the Yeah, I coined it. I coined it. I mean, you know, and you, I'd love to hear you speak about where you think you are in your career as a, as a playwright. But I mean, you know, I'm as a, as a professional director, I've been working, I guess, you know, I sort of mark the beginning of my professional career as sort of when I finished my graduate program, but that, that, maybe is sort of a meaningless statement because I wouldn't say that I was necessarily sort of working as a professional director immediately after finishing my program. But I mean, I graduated from Columbia. I did an MFA in directing there um, where I studied with Anne Bogard and I graduated in, in 2006. Technically, I actually graduated in 2007 because I hadn't submitted my thesis. So my diploma actually says 2007. So arguably, you could say I've been a professional director for, you know, the last 12 years or maybe 13 years, if you count back to 2006. Um, though, you know, the definition of what a, you know, a working theater professional is, you know, is a pretty wide ranging definition. Um, I think I'd started really making strides and truly calling myself a professional much more recently than that, like in the last five to six years where I was working at, you know, larger institutions, working at off-Broadway theaters, working at regional theaters. But I think the sort of emerging categorization is, and it's sometimes codified. You'll see it say like people who, you know, who have worked professionally, but have yet to have a sort of transformative professional experience where they're nationally recognized. Um, and so, you know, I would say I'm, I'm at the late stages of that because I have, you know, had work at, at, you know, various theaters. And I think there's a, a, a relatively wide awareness of my work, but I haven't quite had that sort of breakthrough that will bring me more into sort of mid-career range where I'm, I'm kind of working consistently. So I don't know, where are you in your career, Victor? What do you think? Well, I was going to, I was going to add to your own definition. I was going to say, I think your, your genius has been confirmed by those lucky enough to have worked with you. And now it's just about um, extending the work more consistently to other places, right? Is that, is I that think part that, of, yeah. Oh, that's very generous of you. Yeah. I like <laughs> to think that, you know, it's, it's, it's these sort of concentric circles of, of, you know, awareness, right? So it's sort of like you begin with a sort of small network of people who know you and know your work and it grows and grows and grows. I mean, I remember having interesting conversations with people I thought were very, very far along in their careers who still defined themselves as early career or like just in that transition from early to mid career. And, you know, I think some people can be early career for 20 years. Some people never get out of it. You know, it's, it's these, these, 
these terms are kind of amorphous anyways. But sure. in terms of the opportunity in Ashland, I think it, it, it presented itself because I had enough credentials behind me that I could walk into an organization like OSF, you know, the largest uh, not-for-profit theater in America, and, and be able to kind of hold my own. Um, whereas I wouldn't have been able to do that when I was earlier in my career. I just didn't have that. I didn't have my feet on the ground in that way. I didn't have that knowledge. So I'll turn the question back around on you. Where are you in your career, my friend? Um, <laughs> Maybe a dirty question. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> if I could have you answer for me as well, I feel like that'd be ideal for me. No, um, <laughs> I, um, yeah, it's interesting. You know, I think, um, I lived in New York for seven years and I'm on the West coast now and obviously you've been there longer and you're still there, um, since the time when I've, I've since, um, moved away and obviously I'm still kind of back and forth to New York and working on projects there and, and keeping a foothold in the theater community there. But, but I think, um, the definitions of things in New York are sometimes so New York centric. And I think that I, you know, I, I still refer to myself as emerging or early career. Um, you know, but I think, I think I had over those seven years developed a certain type of network in New York where people in the industry knew me and knew my work and, and certain, at certain levels. And, um, moving away and having all these experiences in regional theater and at different places and going to Ashland for Ashland new play festival last year. It's been really fascinating to kind of, um, you know, view yourself slightly through a slightly different lens of this idea of in, in some ways it's starting over in terms of networking and communication and getting your work out. But also it's, um, it's like a slightly um, different type of context when you're not in New York and you're you're discovering all of these great development opportunities that exist in other parts of the country and you're coming to those places with the background of also having developed in New York, which I think is, um, it's just so nice to have kind of both of those experiences and experiencing developing things in different places and in different styles, different institutions. And, you know, as you hinted at, Kareem, we'll talk about, you know, new play development and those processes. And, but I think it's, you know, it's obviously very much, there's things in common whenever you're doing it, wherever you go, because you're the artist and you like to do things a certain way, but there's also things that are a little different everywhere and based on the institution and based on the location and based on the audience and, um, having a chance to have kind of discover some other communities has been really, really great. And it's actually sort of, I'm off the topic of definition, but bringing it back to that, it's actually sort of, um, I feel like loosened up the way I kind of define where I'm at in my career, it's actually sort of started to matter to me less, um, mm-hmm. how I kind of tag myself or, or where I'm at. And I just, um, have been more recently in a mode of like, I want to find the right project for the right community, you know? And I, yeah. I think like community engagement is so important with new work and with, with theater in general, but especially with new work, uh, and where we're at now as a, as a, country and as individual communities across that country. 
Um, and I know Kareem, you and I both obviously have a shared kind of, um, interest in, you know, socio-political work and things that speak to, uh, the present moment of, um, you know, whether the piece is period or not, uh, hopefully it speaks to, um, something that we feel we want to engage with an audience on a certain level, um, in our present time. Um, about a certain thing. So yeah, I love so, what you said. It's like measuring, you know, your successor or, or where you are in career, not so much by these kind of uh, New York centric definitions, but sort of how your how your work is engaging in community, how your work is is um, it's sort of like broadening the lens of you know the the theater landscape in America is not confined to new play development in New York. You know, it, it actually is is one big um, spectrum. It's one big grid, and you know, there's there are plays that that will begin in in community. A play that can begin in or in a small regional theater and and work its way up you know, all the way to whatever you consider the pinnacle and be that Broadway or, or, you know, winning a Pulitzer prize or something like that. So I think it's actually good to loosen that, that, that definition. And it sounds like from your perspective, having left New York or at least being away from New York these last few years, it, it's allowed you to kind of break out of that pattern, which I think is really, you know, great for people around the country to hear because not every playwright and director does live in New York and there are people creating work all over the country, which is serving their communities and, and then can, you know, touch other communities all around the country or all around the world even. Yeah, that's right. And, and don't get me wrong. I I love New York and I love theater in New York. And if anyone there wants to label me as anything, I'm, I'm more than willing to have them (laughs) do so. Um, but yeah, but I think it's just, um, you know, I think, I think adding breadth to experience is always, um, a positive thing. And so, um, and yeah, and there's certainly, um, communities outside of New York that are doing really, really amazing, you know, professional, fantastic work that it's, it's worthwhile as an upcoming theater artist for you to engage with them. And it's also obviously worthwhile, um, just, as a, as an artist in general to be, you know, finding where, where, what you're creating best fits in the world. It doesn't have to be New York. So, um, I think that leads us really well to talking about the projects that we've worked on together because it's, it is interesting that they have happened in different (laughs) cities all over the country, you know, um, as, as even though, you know, I've been in New York almost the entire time and you've been between New York and LA, it's like, it's nice to see that our work, together as collaborators hasn't been confined to one, you know, one city, one geographic area, one community. We're um, just, we're just universally loved, you know, people just <laughs> love us. That's, <laughs> well, I think that, uh, that's true. Uh, but you know, we've been working together for gosh. Okay. So hang on. I, I, I always forget the year that we met. How long ago was it? Um, 10 years? Yeah, at least. I mean, I think it was, what year I think it was 08. Wow. I wow. Think yeah. It was when we were My first, gosh. we were paired together in New York in a short play festival. Um, yes. And I was still in grad school and you were just out, right? So 08. Yeah. 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 A couple of years out. Yeah. And, yeah. 
and we, yeah, as so many wonderful relationships start, it was like a, you know, kind of a forced marriage, a producer saying, you know, Victor wrote this play, Kareem, you're going to direct it. It was a, it was a short play. It wasn't a 10 minute play. It was more like a 20 minute play, but it was a short play. And, um, and I think we just, you know, we kind of hit it off. It was a great, it was a great little collaboration and, and I think, you know, really exciting product. And I recognized right away that, you know, you were a writer that I wanted to sort of keep my eye on. I mean, this was before we were, you know, friends. I mean, we were just kind of two random, two random guys that got paired up, but it was interesting that like, I think even before we kind of started working together on any of our, our full length projects, it's sort of like, we just kind of hung out a l- not, not a lot, yeah. but a little bit. It was just yeah, like, you know, sure. a, a coffee date every six months. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, I had a couple more years of grad school and I think, um, you tell having done grad school that I was in a place of like, I just need to be in school <laughs> and, yeah. and, and doing the things that school requires. And, um, as soon as I got out, you know, I was ready for, for more, obviously, in terms of developing work and figuring out how to do that in New York outside of a, a school environment. And I, I will say a quick aside to our own story. I think, you know, what you said about, about sort of, um, you know, putting a pin in this thing of like, um, you thinking like, oh, here's someone I'm interested in working with. Here's a writer. Uh, I think you've always been very good at that. Like, I think you've always been very good at, um, you know, going out and seeing work and seeing as much work as possible of all different types and really finding fellow artists, whether it's writers or designers or actors who, um, you really connect with them on a, on a certain level. That's not just like, Oh, I like, their work or I like what they're trying to do, but it's, it's like you, you understand when you meet someone who you have a shared understanding of like how to work and what they're trying to do and like, um, how important kind of like, you know, depth of, um, discovery, emotional, psychological discovery in the work is and all of those things. And, um, and I think, I don't know. I just think that's a really good lesson for people just getting out of school and for, for people who are at early, early, early career, as opposed to late early career Sure. to kind of, um, take away and just, you know, um, when you're out meeting people, it's, it's not always like, sure. Sometimes it's the person that can like help you get a thing because they're farther along in their career than you are. But sometimes, like, it's really about what the collaboration's going to be, and yeah, how if you, you just how you like that person, and how your ideas yeah. dovetail, and all of that. So, yeah, and, and anyway, I just want to say you've been, you've always been very good at that, um, not just and, and, through our friendship, but with other writers who I've seen you cultivate relationships with and actors. Yeah, thank you for saying that. I mean, it's so like particularly when you're a director, I mean, I think it's true for anybody in our, in our industry, but particularly as your director, because your job is to sort of like pull together a community of people around a project. And I think it's like, you know, you made such a great point of like, when you're meeting people, when you're early in your career, you are sometimes often thinking like, oh, is this relationship going to get me somewhere? And like that sort of, I think dismantling that sort of opportunistic way of thinking and just trying to kind of meet the person 
as they are, who they are, and actually seeing, seeing to you know, saying to yourself, "Do I like this person? Like, do I want to hang out with this person?" Because if you have that that spark, that connection, do I want to be under stress with this person? Exactly. Yeah, that's a really good way of putting that. And it's funny, you know, when I talk to over the last few years, in particular, I've I've both you know been a guest artist or guest teacher at a variety of schools. You know, anything from acting conservatory programs to MFA programs in acting, and I've and I've spoken with a lot of particularly young um, you know student actors. And the question they always ask is, you know, how do I put my best foot forward in an audition? Like, how do I how do I make a good impression? And I, the response I always have is say, like, you know, you just have to be the type of person that the director wants to be, wants to spend four weeks in the room with, you know, and sometimes that can't be controlled. Sometimes that's just person, a personality thing. But I think the way you meet that person the first time, if it is a coffee date between a playwright or director, or if it's an audition, um, you know, it's just to sort of actually try to be yourself and sort of understand who the other person is and where they're coming from. And I think because we had a lot of time to just do that, like before we were like, working towards a goal together, um, it allowed us to kind of get on the same kind of, you know, uh, um, get on the same page. So then when we started collaborating, there was none of that, well, wait, but who are you, Victor? Like, what do you, you know, dare I say, like, what are you into? What do you like? Because I, I knew that already. And so that is sort of what, that's always been my approach to as a primarily new play director. It's like, I need to get to know that writer, um, on somewhat of a personal level, it's not like I need to know every single thing about their life or their experience. But like, if I can understand where they're coming from, if I can kind of understand the things that interest them, like I can then help them tell that story better. And then vice versa. I think some playwrights don't don't understand or or maybe aren't interested in sort of like seeing a play from a director's point of view. Or I mean, you're certainly not like that. I think that's why our collaborations have been so fruitful because I think we can sort of meet somewhere in between yeah. uh, in terms of yeah. our, our level of interest. But that that's a thing that, you know, happens through... Uh, time and through communication and through just sort of an openness to to that type of relationship, which sort of kind of is outside of the rehearsal room and not just in it. So I feel really lucky that I've had that with several playwrights. Um, you know, you being kind of one of the first ones that I really was like, oh, I I can make work with this guy, and I think that's why we've had such a successful track record of you know project after project now for a decade. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's so funny, right? It's um, it's magic in a way when you align with somebody, you know, because it's it's shared interests and it's everything we've been talking about about like collaborating in the room and the business of that, um, and giving each other space and and, but it's also you know like the ability to like, you know say difficult things to the other person and, yes. and and know that they can handle it and know that they can take feedback and um and yeah i mean um it it's it's tough and and it's also um you know this kind of idea of when you bring other people into the collaboration and for me working with actors you know if i've had a little taste here and there of like directing my own work and obviously i've worked with other great fantastic directors who I love but um but you know there's a sense always of working with you where I'm we have such a shorthand in the room and I'm 
I'm very comfortable in the room and I know that what I'm lacking in the room is things that are your strengths and that you will make up for. And, you know, if I, if it was just me and I was sitting in a room with actors, we would just talk about theme for five weeks and the yep. play would never get on its feet. <laughs> so, uh, well, and I feel like, yeah, and to reflect that, it's like, I think, you know, I could never, so I'm, you know, both a playwright and a director though. I'm, I'm, I'm more of a director and that's where my training is, but sort of like, you know, when I first started collaborating with you, you know, you write in a way that I could never write, right? And like your way of processing character and story and dialogue is very different than my own. And, and, I, I think it's so wonderful that, you know, our color, our collaboration started around uh, after the sort of short play that we did together. And, and it was kind of a, for me, a real career changing thing, our collaboration, because it was the first time that I, as a director who, who does have these impulses for, for storytelling, as opposed to just being, let's say a director who just interprets another writer's work. It's like, I brought you an idea. I brought you a sort yeah. of, yeah. Like yeah, kind can of broad I prompt context. this? Can I? Prompt yeah, this yeah. Go ahead. Because I feel yeah. like I feel like we should talk about the thing, right? It's so, our it's our origin story, as it were. Yeah, and it'll lead <laughs> us to all other projects. Yeah, go ahead. Um, but you had, um, and you can correct me on the details because I don't remember the exact um, title or name of the program at that time. But you had a, a fellowship, which was essentially sort of like a little residency at New York Theater Workshop, which was specifically for directors to develop work. And um, you pitched a project to me based on an idea that you were interested in that you thought I would also be interested in. And through that sort of process, we, you know, developed a whole kind of skill set of working together and different sets of processes about kind of how to develop a play from the ground up from a shared interest where there's no script yet. And we went through this process of exploratory workshops with actors and, and I'll, I'll let you kind of um, fill in the details there and, and talk a little more about it. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's, I mean, it's very exemplary of everything you're, you're talking about in terms of, well, yeah. it, it was sort of the idea that I think kind of, as I said, was sort of transformative in my, in my career because you know, so that fellowship is, it's now called the 2050 Fellowship at New York Theatre Workshop and many, many wonderful, um, you know, playwrights and directors have gone through that program. When I did it, um, which was 2011, 2012, it was still called the Emerging Artist of Color Fellowship. But point being that, you know, as opposed to simply bringing a, a play into this fellowship process, I wanted to bring a collaboration in. I said, you know, this is somebody I'm interested in collaborating with. Um, and, and as a result, we sort of built, we built out this, you know, pretty lengthy process. I think we were probably, we spent at least six months just sort of developing ideas around the theme, that theme had yeah. to do with, um, you know, sort of the history of espionage in America. And, you know, there's a much sort of longer story about sort of where that, that idea came from. But, you know, the fact that we started with nothing more than a conversation, an idea, a very sort of broad concept. And then, you know, over a year later had a script. I think, you know, that, that idea that, um, you know, a director's job is simply just to, you know, 
uh, help a playwright get to the next draft of their play, I think was something that I needed to dismantle for myself. And because you were so open to that type of collaboration, um, you know, even though we did create a product, um, it was that process that was so, you know, exciting to me. And I think because we so loved the process that the product was kind of such a joyful thing and continued yeah. to be, and we made it all the way to a world premiere production, even though that took what, five years, four or five years, yeah, four you know, five we were just years, yeah. so passionate yeah. that yeah. we, you know, we made that, that play happen and, and really, you know, kind of carried it over the finish line just, you know, with our, with obviously a huge community of people that supported us, but largely the two of us just saying like, we believe in this play, we believe in our collaboration. And, um, I think the fact that, so that play was called Couriers and Contrabands. It premiered in New York in 2015 and did really well. And I mean, the fact that that particular project, I think that every, almost every single person who worked on that show, that's designers, that's actors, that's producer, are still people that are that are friends, that are in my network, you know, that I've worked yeah. with again and again, some of them. I think this is really meaningful that those people that we brought into that process were so inspired by our collaboration and by our sort of trust for one another that they wanted to be involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I remember... Um like the first day of rehearsal when we actually finally after years went into production and I remember looking around the room and um, I don't remember the exact words I said, but I said something along the lines of, you know, to the actors, I was like, it's like, oh my, oh my God, you guys, like, you know, some of you were in like the very first initial workshop we did before there was even a script. Some of you came in like an early early workshops when there was a first draft with a script. Some of you like just came in very, very recently when we were trying to, um, you know, like refine the play and, and, um, you know, do some, do some outreach to the community to get ready for the production and whatever stage that you came in at, I like looked around that room and I was just so grateful. And it was like, everyone who I like, you know, like they were essentially like all people we wanted to be, you know, there was yep. like, it was all like sort of first choices in a way where it was, you know, where it was just like, um, people that we knew we were really excited about and that we knew were also passionate about the subject matter. And, um, and, and it was just, you know, how often can you say you have like a, a cast of seven and everyone gets along fantastically every yep. night of the rehearsal and production process, you know, yeah. um, it was, it was just such a wonderful, um, wonderful thing. And even before the production, we had so many great actors come in and out of the early workshops and the, um, different rehearsal processes we had for, for readings and little mini workshops throughout the years. Um, and everyone was just so, giving and so excited about the material. And, um, and I think, you know, like, yeah, of course, like uh, we can pat ourselves on the back, but like, I think there's something about like the process in and of itself that we developed that, um, made that possible. Right. Like yep. it wasn't just us as artists. It was about like the way we engaged with people collaboratively early on and the way, we used that to sort of like, um, 
you know, fish out like thematically what the piece was about and what other people beyond just the two of us were really interested in, in the time period and in the issues that we were exploring. Um, And we used that, I think, to create a piece of art that was deeper and more meaningful, um, hopefully to um, people who experienced the play and, and I think definitely to everyone who was involved at any point. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, and, and it's funny, you know, how how beautiful literally that came together because I think when we were first figuring out like how to collaborate and how to create that project, you know, at first I was a little bit lost, but then, you know, having done it on that project and then we did a very similar model on our next project, even though that Mm -hmm. time it was you bringing me an idea, but you know, that way of working, the sort of, you know, beginning from concept and doing the sort of detailed, I like to call it source work and including performers in that source work and sort of gathering and sort of including everybody's ideas like that's now become a model that I can use and replicate with with on other collaborations and yeah. I taught that model to students and sort of like we for me like that was that was we created that together and and I think that sense of ownership that people have of that the, that process was so profound and really you know I don't often have the opportunity to work in that way because there's a sort of, you know, a timeline and resources that have to go into that that aren't always available. But to me, it's the ideal way of working. And in fact, when I when I tell students or people who are interested in creating their own work, be them directors or playwrights or, or devising organizations, I, I will often talk about that model that we created and sort of use it to kind of exemplify a way in which the sort of creation of work can have that sort of it's because it's both rigorous, but also very open and flexible. Um, mm-hmm. And I just love, you know, I love that model. I wish we could do it again. Um, and I know we will. I mean, we've we've had, what, I think four, I think, I guess we've collaborated on four or five different projects, maybe four, you know, and the first two used that sort of generative model. Um, you know, the first was Couriers and Contrabands, which was a play that ended up being set in in the civil war and dealt with the first, um, you know, female and African-American spies. And then, uh, and then we did Hardal, which was a play about another civil war, but the Syrian civil war. Do you want to talk just like a little bit about that project and where we developed it? Just because, Uh, you know, Couriers was all New York, but then Hardal was not. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So we were, we were lucky enough to, work on the very early drafts of that play at um, Berkeley Rep through their ground floor residency program. Um, And, um, you know, it was um, obviously a fantastic experience for uh, us. And I think um, that program in terms of what it provides for artists in terms of resources, but also in terms of freedom, you know, for, generative process early on. It's very much about supporting the artist and kind of trying to give them whatever they need, no matter what stage of the process they're in. And for us, you know, we came in with a very, very early draft, which I think I was frantically trying to have out, um, like the day we were arriving (laughs) in the Bay area. I think you didn't even read the whole draft or you read (laughs) maybe the second act, like, 
and it's a long play. <laughs> um, yep. The second act, um, you know, like that morning or something before the first rehearsal. But, um, you know, but we were lucky enough to have the resources of, you know, great actors in the room and um, and just the time and space to kind of um, do a lot of great like table work and and workshopping the play and rewriting the play. And it was a play that's um, based on, you know, um, obviously very, very heavy topic uh, in, in terms of the, the civil war in Syria and, you know, which this was, was it 20, summer of 2013 we were there? Uh-huh. I think. So yeah, it was, you know, like yeah. it was a couple it might of have been years. 14. Yeah. yeah. It was a couple yeah. of years into that war, but it was still pre-ISIS. It was pre a yeah. lot of the things that we think of today that are markers of the conflict that's been happening there. And um, so it was still a very evolving present situation where we were immersed in a lot of research, and um, but also at the same time immersed in kind of the 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 current you know moment of it all and um and yeah it was just um just having the time and space to really talk through and work through the story and um you know i you can speak to maybe the process that that week we were there about a week but um you know all i remember is being bleary-eyed the whole time because i would be in rehearsal with you guys and then I would stay up all night and rewrite based on, um, based on what we were discovering, you know, that, um, day about the script and, and the first draft was so like clearly, you know, long winded and, 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 um, too intellectual and, you know, steeped in the research in in such a strained way that, um, that week really, um, for me as a writer, it was about, um, it was about transitioning that play into, you know, I think, I think I knew what the guts of it were, what I wanted it to be, but I, but it was about transitioning that play into like the emotional depth that, um, you know, I hope it, it does have now. Yeah. I mean, but again, because we had such a foundation of research and this working on that sort of emotional specificity, I think that's kind of how, that's, I think, our collaboration in a nutshell. It's like not that you, you know, obviously you are writing all of the emotion into it, but like you really, all of your plays are so based on incredibly beautifully done research and just really thinking about about issues, about politics, about man's role in society. And then I think, you know, the reason I like working with you is because I'm interested in those same stories. And then I think together we really kind of dig into like what's going on emotionally, like how can we really activate these characters and tell their emotional journeys, um, you know, within that that sort of socio-political context. And, you know, I love that all of your plays, all of the plays that we've collaborated on all deal with sort of really, I think, you know, kind of serious social and political issues. I mean, obviously we dealt with, with, um, you know, the, the stuff that we, that we explored in careers and contrabands about how, you know, women and slaves were sort of perceived and, and thought of in civil war time. And then with Cardall, we were talking so much about, you know, the relationship between government and man. And then even though, 
you know, like the Fifth Domain, which is the latest play that we've worked on together, is is you know uh, not a social issue play. It's like sort of more of a political, like looking at um, cybersecurity and hacking. But it it still has that feeling of like it's man against society. But it it has a very different yeah. form than those two other plays. So I just love that you can write these different forms. I mean, you know, Fifth Domain is like a, a thriller, um, and but it's really dealing with you know society in such an interesting way and politics in such an interesting way. And then and now you're working on a play about you know the homelessness and the homeless crisis that I'm also collaborating with you on Tentative City. And so your capacity to sort of find these amazing stories um, that we all are aware of, but finding a way to kind of make them human is so exciting. Yeah, well, well, thank you. Yeah. And I think that's, I mean, when I step back and think about like why I write and, you know, why, and I think it's true for both of us, why we want to be artists. I think, you know, as you said, those are the stories that we're both kind of naturally naturally drawn to um i i will say i feel like you have um in terms of going back quick to the fifth domain i feel like you have probably some some things to say that i can laugh about about that workshop which we just did in uh this past winter in uh salt lake city at at pioneer theater company uh gave us a a wonderful week-long uh workshop um, which was just uh, fantastic in terms of the development and the future, hopefully, of that piece. And um, I'm I'm thinking specifically as I was thinking as you were talking about our process working together and about the types of plays and you know the differing kind of styles of plays um, because that was a play that um, we didn't develop from the ground up as some of the others, but that of course we're still very closely working on together. Um, I think it was a little bit different kind of going into that workshop process. And, mm-hmm. and I, I think, you know, maybe I shouldn't say this out loud because maybe it's detrimental to me, but, but I think that plays a little difficult on the page sometimes. So, um, to understand just what I'm trying to, you know, what I'm trying to accomplish in a three-dimensional space. Um, so I, I feel like, I'm leading you a bit here, but I feel like you may have um, some thoughts or stories about that week in Salt Lake and about, um, you know, taking something, that type of storytelling, that thriller-esque storytelling that uses a lot of technology and, um, and um, you know, projections and things yeah, like and that. Visuals. And, yeah, visuals, mm-hmm. yeah. And thinking about, number one, like, how are we telling the story in terms of a dramaturgical eye and what the play needs to become to be a produced flesh and blood play. But at the same time, you had the, the double task of, you know, you weren't just helping me with that, but you were also preparing the play for public readings and the readings would not have any of the (laughs) tech um, that we were trying to figure out how would work in a live three-dimensional way. So you also had to, um, you know, prepare some sort of, uh, other convention, if you will, for, for how to translate the play, which I, I think is not necessarily easy on the page to 
to a world in which it could just be read to an audience as well. Um, so I don't, yeah. I don't know if you have any thoughts on what that process was like. I think it was harder on you than it was on me that week. <laughs> I mean, it, it was it was challenging only because it's a challenging play. I think you know I give credit there a lot of credit, all of the credit really to. to the artistic director of Pioneer, Karen Azenberg, because she she understood that. Like she read the yeah. play and she's just like, oh, like this is a play that you need to explore on its feet. This is a play that I understand you're not going to get everything from reading and I want to sort of see how that works. And she was very open to kind of giving us the space to sort of explore that. And, and she checked in with us a lot and I kind of felt very supported in that developmental opportunity to sort of, yeah, you know, try something a little bolder, a little bolder than I would normally do in a reading. And, and, and for, you know, we could talk for another five hours about sort of how, <laughs> how new play development is done in this country and the various processes that exist. But that, you know, basic sort of 29 hour workshop thing that is so common at, you know, most regional and New York theaters, you know, which we've done several times, you know, it's so it, it isn't without its flaws. Right. But I think when you when you meet um, an artistic leader, an artistic organization that is sort of willing to kind of trust artists about following their impulses of what their exploratory process needs to be and not sort of prescribing like, well, this is the way we develop a play because not every play fits into that model. And I think the fifth domain is a perfect example of that. I mean, though you did a lot of detailed text work on the, on the play during that workshop, you know, I was really directing it. It needed to be directed yeah. in order for us to kind of hear and see and understand the play. And, you know, because Pioneer was able to actually not push back and say, well, don't you think you should just focus on the words, which is something I've heard, you know, many times and, and, and often times that is correct. But, um, I think now that we're seeing new models emerging of how new plays can be developed even within the context of a 29 hour workshop um that's just uh, i think really important for people out there to understand that sometimes the model needs to be more flexible um and uh you know i was we were really lucky to have that experience there at pioneer yeah yeah, yeah. and i no, think the play I, got I a lot agree. better as a result you know it yeah really did. for sure it certainly um, did yeah yeah um so what else should we should we hit here before we before we wrap this up do you maybe want to speak a little bit about your own work as a writer? Because I feel like you've been developing such great work as well. And I would like to hear the the news. <laughs> I saw that from the last time we've talked. But yeah. um, but I, I think that would be a great thing to, to have you talk about. Yeah, we could we could do that. And then maybe I'll tell you, you know, we could both sort of talk about what's next for us. But yeah, yeah. I started, you know, developing a wor work as a writer, I think, in the same impulse that led us to our first collaboration of, you know, being a person that that had ideas and, and stories that, you know, that I wanted to tell. And I think as I gained confidence as a writer, I, I had a lot of experience as a as both a fiction writer and as a as a playwright. But I had really sort of put that aspect of my creative process aside um, when I studied directing and became a director. And, you know, particularly as a, you know, I'm a Middle Eastern um 
Canadian and there were a lot of stories, particularly about, you know, my, my Middle Eastern heritage and my cultural identity. I'm sort of a cultural, I, I think of myself as a cultural Muslim, even though I know practice and I wanted to sort of expand and broaden the landscape of Middle Eastern American theater and get those stories out there. And and in those instances, I recognized that I had to be the person to to create that work, to actually write it. And and you know, a lot of that work has has is just starting to sort of find an audience. I'm starting to sort of um, almost put myself out there equally as a playwright and as a director, and have my work my work has now been read and developed at you know theaters you know, in New York and starting to, you know, be considered for theaters outside of New York. And, you know, I'm just really excited about what the future holds for Middle Eastern American theater, because we're, we're a community that has yet to be sort of, uh, widely represented, um, particularly in larger institutions, um, around the country, um, and, you know, there's been a huge movement, um, in the last few years in the Middle Eastern American theater to, organized to get our work seen and heard and read um, and to have our work stand alongside other communities of color that have been more widely represented. And so, you know, I find both as my work as a playwright and as a director, I'm trying to sort of push those doors open a little bit. Um, I also have an advocacy and consulting group that I co-founded with three other Middle Eastern directors. We're called Maya Directors, and we um, interface with theaters all over the country when they are developing and producing work about or by Middle Eastern artists to help them to do that work better, to help them do that work with more nuance and specificity. And that form of advocacy um, and, and trying to sort of really promote the inclusion of those stories at major American theaters is really kind of what gets me you know, out of bed in the morning. It's, it really feels like what I was kind of put into this industry to do. Yeah. And so um, it's useful for me to be able to also generate work as a writer because that's um, – it's almost an easier conversation to start with, um, as opposed to a director, as an interpretive artist. You know, I can send somebody a play and say, like, here's my vision for what Middle Eastern American theater could be. I mean, my my current play that's making the rounds is a 13 person all Middle Eastern cast, and it's set entirely in Egypt, and it's all about Egyptian culture and Egyptian people. And that, to me, was a bit of a um, a challenge to the American theater to say, you know, how often do you see a play about Middle Eastern life that isn't filtered through a Western lens, that isn't about yeah, America's sure. perception of the Middle East, but really about, you know, Middle Eastern culture. And and I mean, I would argue that you've done something very similar with Hardal. So, you know, that to me is inspiring as like, I want to be able to sort of blaze that trail for other artists that will come after me and, and tell theaters like you can put 13 Middle Eastern characters on stage and let them speak for themselves. Um, so it's really an exciting time, um, you know, for me as a, as an artist and as a generative artist. Um, yeah. So thank you for asking about my playwriting work. It is something I'm very proud of. Um, do you have a, do you have a new play you're working on Victor that you want to tell us about? Uh, well, I always have a few things (laughs) that are are in uh, process. Um, no, I, you hinted at, um, tentative city, which, um, was the first draft was written a couple summers ago now. Um, I was lucky enough to um, have a residency through um, Roundabout in New York, but the residency was at Wyoming Theater Festival. And uh, I just had a few weeks away um, at that festival in Wyoming, uh, sponsored by 
the good folks at Roundabout and just to um, to write. And, you know, it was a, a play that I had sat with for a long, long, long time. And I um, initially first started doing research when I was in grad school in 2008, 2009. And um, when, you know, the economic downturn happened and there were um, people who were essentially middle-class people who were kind of falling into poverty and, and um, you know, obviously homelessness is uh, a pervasive existing issue that it was, you know, it's not just about that time period and the play is not set then, it's set current. But, you know, that was sort of the impetus for me to really start digging into some of the research that became the play. And so I was you know, doing off off and on research on the piece for for almost ten years, and I um, really became attracted to the stories of um, you know what um, you know in in the research would be called the the unseen homeless. So it's this idea of uh, you know an element of our homeless population in in all different communities of this country where. It's uh, folks who are, you know, upwardly mobile, potentially, and um, they're forming communities on their own. They're not out panhandling. They're not out uh, begging on the street. Um, they're not necessarily the type of homeless element that is um, nomadic or with health problems that might be more seen, quote unquote, especially in New York. And, um, and not that those issues don't, uh, you know, deserve further um, further investigation and further conversation. They certainly do. But um, I became really interested in in this this particular piece of our homeless population that um, I think gets missed in the news and in our conversations about homeless issues. And um, so you know the the play Tentative City really deals with um, um, people who, are out on their own, out on the streets, but but forming you know tent communities, different encampments, um, and they're forming community with one another to support each other, to try to get work, to try to get more stability in their lives, to try to get back on their feet, and um, in all the different ways that um, these things manifest, and you know how what is that interaction with our higher government institutions and what is that interaction with, uh, you know, those of us who, um, have homes and houses and more means. And, you know, I think there can be greater conversation about, uh, um, what we're doing or, or not doing in, in terms of that piece of our population. And, um, you know, I think, um, for those of us lucky enough to, you know, have, certain modicum of stability in our lives, you know, we often think, oh, you know, there's institutions that handle this stuff, right? Like there's, there's shelters and organizations that, that take care of our, our, our of these people, if, if these people are, are open to that. And what really struck me from a lot of the research is that, you know, um, those institutions may work very well for some people, but they may not work very well for for everyone who's necessarily um, in need and actively trying to kind of get back on their feet. So 
Um, So I was really struck just by, you know, um, the stories I was discovering. And I was, you know, it took me a long time to kind of figure out how to translate a lot of those stories into something that felt dramatic. And and I, I hope the play, you know, as with a lot of my plays that are that discuss certain issues, I hope that it's not necessarily an issue play. Like the play is not um, just in and of itself about the issue, but the play is about, you know, characters living in these circumstances. And the play itself is very much about these particular characters who I've, who I've crafted. And um, that, that story hopefully leads us as communities to further conversation about the issue as opposed to, the play itself being directly about the issue. If yeah. Means. It's so. an extraordinary play. And, and even though it's still in development, you know, I've been so lucky to have been involved in the development of it. And, and I really, I think this play is going to, to make such a huge impact in communities that are, that have, you know, for too long struggled with, you know, their homeless populations. And I think it, it, it does such a beautiful job of building a bridge between um, be, really between, you know, people who, who are afraid to talk to each other. And, you know, as, as with all of your work, I think it, it's full of fantastic dialogue and, you know, amazingly rich and complex characters. And, um, I mean, it's, it's really one of the most exciting things you've, you've created. So, you know, here's to the future of Tentative City. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so, so yeah, I, and I appreciate as always, um, your your support of um of my work i feel like even things that we've not developed from the ground up together um you know you're always one of the person if not one of the people if not the one person who i'm always wanting to go to for for feedback on everything so you've you've seen or or touched in some dimension even if it hasn't been a um, a co-project from the ground up, um, pretty much everything I've, um, I've written through my whole kind of career as a theater artist. And that's, um, um, really amazing. And I, I feel so blessed to always, um, have your thoughts and feedback and, and intellect and talent Mm -hmm. on on every project. So (laughs) that's that's friendship and collaboration for you. Um, and I mean, just to kind of like, as we wrap up, you know, to talk about sort of our next chapters, it's like, I think it's kind of amazing to say that, you know, my next project, which I'm just about to, to leave next week to do, wouldn't exist to a certain extent if it wasn't for you. So like my next my next yeah. gig is that I'm going to the Sundance Lab, which is, you know, a really exciting opportunity. It's a, it's a very well-known developmental opportunity. It's three weeks at the Sundance Resort. And my, I'm going as a director, and my collaborator is, a, is just an absolutely fantastic playwright, Clarence Koo. And I've been collab- collaborating with Clarence I, now I will, for let five, me second that. five or I six love years. Yeah. Yes, everybody no, in America like, yeah. should, <laughs> should read Clarence Koo's plays and produce them. Um, but I would not be collaborating with Clarence. This is our fourth project we've collaborated on. We built a project from the ground up, um, just like you and I have done a couple of times. And the only reason that happened is that you introduced me to Clarence. You, yeah. After we had done our, our first collaboration, you said, I said, you know, I'd really like to do this process with another playwright. And I had an idea and you said you should talk to this guy and you knew Clarence and you introduced us and kind of set us up on an artistic date. 
And now, you know, as a result of that, you know, five, five, six more years of collaboration with another playwright, four projects. Yeah. Um, and, you know, here we are going to the Sundance Lab, and this is our, our fifth, you know, workshop of this particular play. It's called On That Day in Amsterdam, and it deals with, you know, migration and the refugee crisis in Europe through the eyes of a, you know, a one-day romance between... Um, a backpacker from America and uh, a Syrian refugee. And it's a beautiful, you know, it's a gorgeous romantic story about love and art and migration. It's it's really, it's a truly beautiful piece. Yeah, I was lucky enough to see a reading of it at uh, Eugene Contemporary Theater, actually, um, not far far from Ashland. And they were, you know, fantastic in giving you guys some support in a, a public reading and um yeah it's just a it's a beautiful beautiful piece and um i um i you know love clarence and i i'm just so happy for you guys and um so excited to see you know what what's going to become of the of the play it's um it's just a, a great project yeah Thank you. And I mean, it's it's amazing that the state of Oregon was so supportive because, you know, between uh, we did a developmental workshop of on that day in Amsterdam at um, Oregon Contemporary Theater in Eugene. So that's thanks to Craig Willis, the artistic director there. And then OSF was kind enough to also invite Clarence in as my collaborator as sort of the culmination of my directing fellowship. And we developed Another play that we uh, uh, are currently working on together called Chapters of a Floating Life at OSF. So within a three-month, no, not even a two-month period, um, Clarence and I got to do two collaborations on two different plays in two different cities in Oregon. So, you know, we're, we're – and none of that would exist if it wasn't, you know, for you first introducing me to this playwright all these yeah. years ago. So it is kind of amazing, and I think another yet another one of the many wonderful examples of like how our – I think very, you know, special collaboration and friendship has led to so many different things happening in both of our careers and, um, and just kind of nurturing that relationship. And, you know, you have been really supportive of my work as a playwright and giving me notes and feedback on my work. And so, you know, I think that, that just to come with, bring it back to kind of what we started on is that like, because I think we just learn to be, um, collaborators and friends and really talk to each other and kind of get to know each other's interests. It's, it's led to so much wonderful, you know, this, all of these acts of creation, (laughs) um, and, um, and I know that, you know, our futures are very full of, of more and more and more and more, more collaborations, more plays. Um, yeah. Is there anything that you, anything that you want to, hopefully this is just the late early period. Yes. (laughs) Later early period. (laughs) Hopefully Um, there's a lot more, a lot more to come. Is there Um, any, yeah. I just want a second real quick to say thanks to Cara Lewis, who's the art director for the play for keeps podcast. And who's also, um, you know, does some work with Ashland New Play Festival, which is how I had initially met her. And, um, you know, just say, you know, how wonderful I think everything that Play for Keeps is, is doing. And, um, and she's such a, a fantastic um, theater maven and intelligent and smart and witty and fun. And um, I just want to, you know, give her a shout out and say thank you for um putting us together on, on this little, um, talk, you know, it's, um, it just sort of came up as a, as a thing. And it's, um, you know, I, 
I love any excuse to get a chance to talk to you. So this was fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I second all of that. And, you know, it's it's been so great to have, you know, this conversation. It's always fun to chat with you. And, and you know, I hope that um, people who listen to this will be inspired to, you know, just dive into collaboration and, and you know, see all the, all the beauty and joy that can come out of that collaborative process and the friendships that come out of it. Um, yeah, this was fun. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a very poignant and excellent way to to end it for now. Yeah. Until <laughs> next time. All right. <laughs> Sounds good. Thanks, bud. Have a good one. Thank you, Victor. You too. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed listening to Kareem Fami and Victor Lesniewski. Be sure to subscribe and tune in next week. Play for Keeps podcast is produced by Ashland New Place Festival and Play for Keeps. This podcast was produced by Andy Herndon, art direction by Cara Quinn Lewis. Play for Keeps is directed by Jim Pagliasoni. Written content is edited by Carol Florian. Special thanks to Kyle Hayden, Jackie Apodaca, and Beth Kander. This is your host, Mary Claire Erdenast. Please visit us online at playforkeeps.org. We're also on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. Please help us spread the word. Follow, like, share, and retweet. See you next time at Play for Keeps podcast. Books are meant to be read. Plays are meant to be said. <laughs>